Hi, I'm Jake Ronald, and welcome to the Turning Points Podcast. This is where you get the best guests, the creator of the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, nationally syndicated radio talk show host. Dan Patrick is on the line with us, friend from HoopsRumors.com. He is Chris Krause, and takes you won't find anywhere else. They're winning as a team because John Harbaugh has found a way to change the game with Lamar Jackson. You can find this podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and more. It's time to get to both sides of the story, and it starts right now. Oh, it's Turning Points, where we tell both sides of the story. I'm Jake Rongholt. You can tweet me at at Rongholt Sports, or you can find me on Facebook.com slash both sides of the story. It is Monday, November 18th, 2019, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. It has been since June, and I actually left this podcast on a good note. You know, I had Chris Krause of HoopsRumors.com joining me. I had Dan Patrick of the Dan Patrick Show coming on. And the thing is, when I was going through Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, it took time. Because you have to understand in this business that you have to understand the priorities that are needed. And trying to finish off my education there was number one. So I put the podcast on hold. I put everything on hold so I could just walk across that stage at Full Sail University, and I did. Got a little mini vacation, moved out of my apartment. I'm feeling good, and it's time to get back into the podcast. Now, we are going to have our guest, uh, Andy Herman, a Packer Report. He's going to break down the Packers and the 49ers coming up on Sunday Night Football. I can't wait for that. Are are you kidding me? That is going to be like the definition of great football that night. It's going to be a lot of fun. But of course, like we always do, we're going to have our top five turning points. We're going to have our right and wrong segment. And we're going to have a little new segment about a time machine that talks about one of the biggest flops of the NFL season. And I'll tell you exactly why I knew this was coming. So that's all coming up next year on Turning Points, where we tell both sides of the story. Listen, we navigate through the hot take world. We get it. You want to sound off. You want to go on it. But when was the last time you heard both sides of the story? Well, I'm here to give that to you. I'm Jacob Rongholt, and it's time to now get into our top five turning points of the day. And let's start off at number five. Now, the thing is, I want to talk about this in a business sense. Amazon, Apple, they're successful businesses. They've had their ups and downs. I completely get that. Then you also have companies like Enron who cheat and lost everything. The Baltimore Ravens are Amazon. They are Apple. They are Disney Plus right now and ESPN Plus. They are the best team in the NFL for that reason because they have intelligence in the front office. And it all started with something that never happened. I was reading Peter King's Football Morning in America. Like I do every Monday morning, cup of coffee in my hand, bowl of cereal to the side, and I'm ready to grab my second cup. And I read across this piece by King. Talking about his interview with Eric DaCosta, the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens. Talking about the story of draft day, 2018, Lamar Jackson was never interviewed by the Baltimore Ravens because DaCosta, telling King, believed that they wanted this to be secret. They didn't want other teams thinking what they were going to do. Why they made that trade at 32 when the Philadelphia Eagles were there after they won Super Bowl 52. They brought in Lamar Jackson. And everybody went crazy for this, wondering why we have Joe Flacco. Well, let me break this down for you and hold on to your seats. All right. The quarterbacks before Lamar Jackson in 2018 NFL draft, Baker Mayfield, potential, Sam Darnold, potential, Josh Allen, potential, Josh Rosen, bust. 22 picks later, 
Lamar Jackson, quarterback, Louisville. How in the world did this happen, you ask? Because you got guys like the former Colts general manager, Bill Polian, who thought they had this grand idea last year to say that Lamar Jackson should start training to be a wide receiver. Whoa. You do realize since he was at Boynton Beach, Florida, when he was playing in high school football, he was a quarterback. When he was at Louisville, he was a quarterback. With the Baltimore Ravens, he is a quarterback. It's not like Braxton Miller for Ohio State, okay, because that's a system. That's why Ohio State quarterbacks are successful at Ohio State because of the system. The thing with Lamar Jackson is he's successful because he is Lamar Jackson. He has dealt with this adversity from the beginning back at Boynton Beach, Florida. And he topped the Houston Texans 41-7. But I want everybody to take a breather here for a minute. We know Jackson is playing MVP. We understand he's playing at that level. But the Baltimore Ravens playing as a team is exactly why they are the best team in the NFL. When your defense underneath Wink Martindale only gives up 236 yards to the, to the Houston Texans, that's incredible. When you revamp that defensive line, bringing in Justin Ellis from the Raiders, D'Amico Pico from the Broncos, trading for Marcus Peters, and making Matthew Judon this next breakout star who came out of nowhere. He played at Grand Valley State for crying out loud. You got Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, all this. They're winning as a team because John Harbaugh has found a way to change the game with Lamar Jackson. But it's not just all Jackson. That's the problem I have with this. Everybody's saying, oh, Lamar Jackson this, Lamar Jackson that. We know the adversity with him. But what we need to understand is this is a team victory right now. They are winning as a team, and we are forgetting about that. Points in the last four games since that Seattle blowout, 157. The most in the NFL is the Baltimore Ravens in those last four games. Are you kidding me? That's astonishing. That is astonishing. And it comes down to that 2018 NFL draft. The Baltimore Ravens were playing Mission Impossible. Eric DaCosta was Ethan Hunt. And Ozzie Newsom was Bing Rames. They were the two guys that were going at this, trying to find a guy like Lamar Jackson without the NFL knowing. And they knew that they have already crossed the final point with Joe Flacco. And now they got their star. They got their superstar that continuously stays humble, that downplays his excellent play, and wants to win as a team. Guess what? You know the last team to win as a team, lose as a team, was the New England Patriots. Could we be seeing that? I don't know yet, but I love what I'm seeing of the Baltimore Ravens. Let's go to turning point number four. And that is the now we got three teams that have big wins yesterday. But I'm telling you why there is one out there that is playing with house money. I don't want you believing a thing that this national media that changes their takes like they change their underwear in the morning, supposedly. But just saying. The New England Patriots first up. Congratulations. Big win last night, 17-10. to 10. Look, this team, they deserve the benefit of the doubt, okay? They, they do. Because the fact is, is that... I love it how everybody say, oh, Tom Brady looks terrible. Oh, the running game is in trouble. Let me tell you something. There's Tom Brady. There's Bill Belichick. And it doesn't matter. Even Brady is calling out his own play and saying that the defense and the special teams, that's why we're winning games. That's great for them. But you know something? 
I don't care if Tom Brady is 26 for 47, 219 yards. I don't care if he had a bad game. I don't care if you're saying, oh, father time is winning right now, Jake. They're the New England Patriots. The last time that Tom Brady had a season this bad was 2003, when he had 23 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And guess what happened in 2003? They won the Super Bowl over the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's remind ourselves of that. I believe it was the Eagles. I'll have to look back on that. But that's a fact. 17 to 10, I don't care. And Philadelphia Eagles, let me tell you something. You better find some stick-up. Maybe Fred, Fred Bolitnikoff is still alive right now. Maybe he has some stick-up that he has in a safe somewhere that he can give to the Philadelphia Eagle receivers because they can't catch. In fact, I'm already starting my new casting for the movie Invincible 2. And this time, forget about Vince Papal. We're going to find the greatest Eagles wide receiver on the streets of Philadelphia. We're going to make it happen. Feels like that, doesn't it? It feels like a plot for a sequel we don't want from Disney, which is Invincible 2. And I don't think that's going to happen. And thank goodness there is nothing greenlit. Fact of mind, I'm joking. Let's go to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this was interesting to me. They're down 16 to nothing. But they scored 10 unanswered points at halftime, 16 to 10. And then Jimmy Garoppolo arises, 34 for 45, 424 yards, four touchdowns. However, there was a big problem with his stat there. The two interceptions he had were in the red zone and kept the Cardinals in it. The 49ers won 36 to 26. But look at the score and you'll see something different. Actually, they would have won 29 to 26 and barely got out of that from a very tough, resilient Cardinals team. This is a team that has a rookie quarterback that's phenomenal, an offensive line that is being made up of glue and paper, a 28th ranked defense, and only one Hall of Fame wide receiver while everybody else can't catch the broad side of a barn. And that is the problem there. Now, the 49ers needed to win this game. They had to win this. This, this was it. Because they are welcoming in a rested, I might add, Green Bay Packers squad into Sunday night football where they're going to be the mecca of the NFL for that weekend. How excited am I? Ecstatic. I can't wait for this game. This is, this is like the game. In fact, I got some kind of Friendsgiving happening during the day. And I was informed that I was available to watch it, um, watch the game by myself that night. So I don't know what I don't know what position I'm going to be in at that point, but you, you see what I mean with that. So now let's talk about a team that you know this. Mm, I have wanted to believe in this team for a while, but I'll go back to a conversation I had with Luke Inman, um, and he was on my podcast a couple weeks ago after the Packers pulled out that squeaker over the Vikings. This team makes me nervous. They are down 20 to nothing at halftime to a backup quarterback from the University of Arkansas and Brendan Allen. They don't have a very good offensive line. Their running game's okay, and they got a rookie head coach in Vic Fangio. You try to tell me that they would have problems with that? You came out this big win over Dallas, but you can't beat the Broncos? You're at home. You were undefeated at home. And it took you to beat Brendan Allen to be happy, to feel like this team is good? I don't know what to say right now about the, the Minnesota Vikings. They're, they're weird to me. They're like the degenerate gambler in Vegas that puts all of his chips in there just for the heck of it. And if he loses the money, oh well, I'll go back to the cash machine and I'll put out some more. 
it kind of feels like that with the Minnesota Vikings. And then, I mean, I mean, it's good to know that Kirk Cousins awoke 29 for 35, 319 yards, three touchdowns. The guy in seven games, 18 touchdowns and one interception. That's incredible. And he played phenomenal because the running game was DOA. Uh, Dalvin Cook only had 26 yards after that amazing performance against the Dallas Cowboys. You come in and play like that? And remind yourself, you're playing the Niners coming up soon. You're playing the Packers coming up soon on, on Monday Night Football, where we know that Kirk Cousins has not won on Monday Night Football yet. In fact, he is 0-7. So the Vikings right now, good that you got the win, but I could not believe that you guys were in a dogfight with the Broncos who don't even have a legitimate quarterback yet. That's just something to think about. Turning point number three, let's go to the Chicago Bears here for a minute. Now, let's play this game, okay? A film in 1985, a wonderful franchise called Back to the Future was made. Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd. You know the story. He goes back in time to 1955. In the sequel, he goes to 2015. Now, let's get in our DeLoreans and let's go back in time to 2016. Now, let's talk about that point when Mitchell Trubisky was drafted. Let's talk about that for a moment. All right, so we jump in our DeLoreans from 2019 back to 2016. There we are, draft day. We see Ryan Pace and the McCaskies coming up with this brilliant idea to trade their third, 67th, 111th, and the 2018 third-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers. What? They did. They bet the farm. They pulled the Mike Ditka move when he pulled out his entire draft to get Ricky Williams out of Texas. That's how bad this was. Now, Fast forward to 2019, we knew this was coming. That was the thing, we knew. We knew that Mitchell Trubisky was going to bomb. Because you give up your entire draft for a guy who played 13 starts in North Carolina. What are you doing? I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. And it happens on national television against the Los Angeles Rams. Bear in mind, that game was ugly. It was ugly. I couldn't even watch it anymore. But I had to because I had this podcast to do. I had to get ready for Andy Herman coming on and all my other guests that are coming up in the future because I got to know my stuff. So I had to stick with it. And I just didn't understand why in the world Mitchell Trubisky was known for number two in that draft. And that's why I go back to Back to the Future. Because I don't understand, because we got in our DeLoreans, went back to 2019, looked at it right there and said, he's going to bomb. Went back to 2016 and watched Mitchell Trubisky get drafted. Now, I know this sounds as convoluted as the sequel was, but bear it in mind, we knew this was coming. And the way he played yesterday, awful, lousy, predictable, can't complete a pass, can't get it over the, across the middle to uh, Anthony Miller or Taylor Gabriel. They were dropping passes too. Matt Nagy doesn't know what he's doing, and that is an issue. You know what's not an issue, though? As we jump into that, and that was kind of a jarring effect, but the Dallas Cowboys need to pay Dak Prescott. Let me hear, hear me out. It's time to pay him. In fact, you're too late. You should have been doing this Monday morning, 8 a.m. at the Star and sign the contract at the Ford Center. Sign it for $30 million a year. He has been amazing in his last four games. Ten touchdowns, three interceptions. In three and a half seasons, Dak Prescott, 88 touchdowns. How many interceptions, you may ask? 
34. Pay Dak Prescott, for crying out loud. Pay him. Because despite a conservative coaching by Jason Garrett, he's still winning football games. He's still building up those stats. And his stats don't lie. And I thought we were in a world where numbers never lie. Well, guess what? Dak Prescott doesn't tell a lie, and I'm not telling you a lie either. Pay Dak Prescott now. If not today, then tomorrow. If not Tuesday, do it Wednesday. But get it done before the next game. Let's go to turning point number two. Let's jump from the pros. Let's take a breather. Okay, we're all calm now. Let's go to college football, where we were pretty much on a mode where we had defibrillators ready to go when we were watching Oklahoma-Baylor. I was sitting there watching this game flabbergasted on Saturday evening. Just finished dinner, and Oklahoma's down 28-3. to And I'm saying to myself, well, Jalen Hurts, he's not a Heisman candidate anymore. That's the end of Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley's a falsity. That's all I was reading on Twitter. And suddenly something happened because we forgot about the resilience. I forgot about the resilience. You forgot about the resilience of Jalen Hurts. 30 for 42, 297, four touchdowns, only had one interception, and that was in the first half. After that, he was spectacular. 114 yards on the ground and pulled out the largest comeback in Sooner history. The final score, 34-31. Thanks for coming, Baylor. Oklahoma is why they are in the top 10, because of the way Lincoln Riley can motivate a team and the way that Jalen Hurts can play. Because I know everybody out there is falling in love with Joe Burrow. And you know, Tua Tungavailoa got uh, hurt his hip, but still believes there's a chance for him. And Justin Herbert's out there. He is a later round sleeper. Because if he could stay that resilient, the way he was treated at Alabama, stayed classy there, came here, lost to Kansas State, came out against Baylor, was down 28-3, I would give the Heisman to Jalen Hurts right now if it wasn't for Joe Burrow's amazing performance at LSU. Just saying. The Golden Gophers, another story. I'm sorry to say the Cinderella story is over. The pumpkin has, the carriage has been turned back into a pumpkin. And P.J. Fleck, I'm sorry to say, sir, you're just going to have to keep working. This is a guy who has turned an offense that went from 117th back in 2017 to 15th. He's doing something right there, but it's not their time yet. And I was known for beating people in the past at Kinnick Stadium and did it again. 23-19, that defense was incredible. Kirk Ferentz is a spectacular football coach. That's what he's able to do. That's why he makes the money there. That's why Iowa football is known to upsetting guys. Every time a Big Ten team is in the top 10, Iowa finds a way at Kinnick Stadium to beat them. But one thing we know as humans, and this is my final turning point, to get serious here for a minute, a four-time cancer survivor, we haven't seen this guy in uniform for the Golden Gophers until he played against Rutgers in a blowout. And all he was doing was holding the football on an extra point. His name, Casey O'Brien. We know the story. He got to do something that many college football fans do when they're at Iowa. And that is participate in the Iowa Wave. This has been going on since 2017, since the finishing of the University of Iowa Stead Family Children's Hospital. It is incredible when you get moments like this in sports. Because there's Casey O'Brien, there's P.J. Fleck, the Gophers, joining with the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
and the 75,000 fans looking up bird's eye view at the Children's Hospital, stopping football for a moment and waving to the children. The ones that have the signs there on the windows, it's a tradition that's going to go on for years and years and years. Won't lie to you, I had a tear in my eye. I am proud of Casey O'Brien fighting cancer like he did because cancer is one of the worst things that a human being can deal with. Casey O'Brien has stepped up and he has fought this thing to the to death. And so are these children that are dealing with the situations that they are. O'Brien, participating in the Iowa Wave, if you didn't shed a tear, I don't know what will. All right, that was your top five turning points. Good to be back. A little bit uh, over time on that, but, you know, that's why we do a podcast. This was a radio show. I think they would have plugged me after about the last minute here. But All right, when we come back, we're going to get into our right and wrong segment. We're going to get into that next. This is Turning Points. I'm Jake Ronholt. You're listening to both sides of the story right here on iTunes. What a show it has been. I am I am just so glad to be back here on this Turning Points podcast. All you out there, tweet me at, at Ronholt Sports or find me on Facebook.com slash both sides of the story. Got a little following going right now, and I'm really enjoying it. And I thank you out there for continuing to let this dream come true. Uh, my name is Jacob Ronholtz, and I just, you know, I, I went through a lot here at this point, uh, getting back into this podcast, getting into, back into that rhythm a little bit. And as we go along in this podcast, it's going to get better and better, and bigger guests are going to be coming in. And we're going to have a lot of fun here on Turning Points. So all right, it's time for our right and wrong segment. We do this at the end of every show. And uh, this is when we go both sides of the story, but just like in Beverly Hills Cop 2. And I got this is where I got the idea, this this great line by Eddie Murphy. It was, we're going to go deep, 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 deep undercover into this. We are going to get really into the nitty-gritty into this story. And that is what happened on Saturday afternoon. During college football, during when NFL, player, NFL teams are prepping their game plans, going through their walkthroughs and getting ready for their game on Sunday, or Monday, I might add, for Chiefs Chargers Monday Night Football. This is also when I was at a, I was at a baby shower with my girlfriend. I was in Gainesville, and on the way home, I pulled out my phone and I was looking at the pieces of the news about Colin Kaepernick. And I was thinking to myself, okay, this is really strange to me, because I feel like I'm in a Twilight Zone episode. In fact, I want to be be a bit surprised if Jordan Peele, the creator of the new Twilight Zone, or Black Mirror comes up with an idea as bizarre as what the NFL and Colin Kaepernick tried to accomplish. This happened back last Tuesday when the NFL said yes to Colin Kaepernick getting a tryout. Now, you know, Kaepernick, the reason why he has been out of the NFL and blackballed, and I'll say it again, he has been blackballed. He is actually one of the best top quarterbacks out there and should have a job. However, this is where it gets bad. Now, the NFL, clumsy, I might add, decided to have 25 teams interested. They flew 25 representatives from those teams down to Atlanta. The tryout was supposed to be at 3.30. So at 2.30 p.m., Colin Kaepernick and company called up the NFL and said, we are changing the workout. We are moving the location. Okay, this is what he was going to get. He was going to get those 25 reps... And 32 teams were going to get the video professionally shot by the Atlanta Falcons video crew. In fact, that video crew that day stayed back so they could use the facility of the Atlanta Falcons. This is perfect. 
but it still felt there was something off. Why would caller Kaepernick call at 2.30 and say, I'm moving this an hour down the road? By the way, it went from a professional practice facility in Atlanta to Flowery Springs, Georgia. Try and find that on a map and let me know. So he's sitting there in a local high school. By the way, Hugh Jackson was on the Dan Patrick show, said that he was in charge of this workout. Never mind, Hugh Jackson out. He decided to make this about himself again. Here's the thing. There was a, something wrong here. It just felt off to me. I turned on, you went on YouTube. I went, okay, Field Yates of ESPN put this up. I'm going to look at this. I want to see if Kaepernick still has it. Oh, does he ever? He still has an elite arm. He still has talent. He still can get the deep ball down, the cross patterns, the flags, the swing passes off the outside, and create that yards after the catch opportunities for wide receivers and running backs. This is what a quarterback should be doing in the NFL. He's 32 years old. But here is a problem I had. Why did you move this an hour away? But why did the NFL decide, you know what? We're going to deny media availability to you. you got to remind yourself this is an activist. This is an activist who took a knee during a preseason game for the San Francisco 49ers and spoke out about police brutality against African Americans, against oppression. I am never going to fault anybody for believing in what they want to believe in. That's the greatest thing about having freedom of speech. It's in the First Amendment for crying out loud in the U.S. Constitution. It's the First Amendment, freedom of speech. I don't care what you believe in. If you have proof and facts to why you believe in this, then do it. But if you're trying to get a job interview, you don't do this. You don't put on a Kunta Kinte t-shirt because that's based off the TV movie Roots with LeVar Burton and John Amos. I've seen it multiple times. But this is not the way to, to do yourself. Because the problem is, Colin, the NFL blew this. They knew this was going to bomb in their faces. They thought that in a clumsy way, let's make this happen. Kaepernick will listen and everything will be great. And then Kaepernick goes, I don't trust you. The NFL has done nothing to prove Colin Kaepernick should be playing. So why now? Why are you doing this right now? There's no point. You knew there was going to be mistrust. Someone was going to pull an audible, and Kaepernick did. But Kaepernick, you didn't do yourself any favor either. You pretty much said to the NFL in their job interview, I'm not playing your game. I'm going to show up at the job interview with a wrinkled t-shirt, a blazer over my shoulder, and throw my feet up on the desk and say, this is what I want. NFL, did it really surprise you that this was going to happen this way? What was the point of this whole thing? If Colin Kaepernick would have just shown up in a 49er t-shirt and just did the work, played the game, he might have been able to get on a team. But we don't know that. Do we really honestly know that? We knew that Colin Kaepernick had an agenda. We knew the NFL had an agenda. And we fell for it hook, line, and sinker again. There I am on the way back from Gainesville, Florida, back home with my girlfriend, and I'm watching this pro day on a YouTube. He went from a professional crew to an amateurish camera crew who was going to shoot a Nike commercial. He was planning his own agenda, and when the NFL didn't follow it, Colin put the audible out. 
Now, here's the thing I want people to remind themselves of, okay? And this is my take. My take, and I'm going to and I'm gonna live by it. You want to rip on me? Go right ahead. I don't care. But the last time I checked, Colin Kaepernick, you are not Martin Luther King. You are not the greatest quarterback in NFL history. You have zero power. You are George Costanza from Seinfeld. You are the one that has no hand in this relationship. The NFL controls all the power. They have the billions of dollars, the 32 teams, the most ratings in sports, the average 15 to 30 million viewers. And you're out of the NFL and they don't care. No one cares. We try to care. We try to believe in this. I gave you the benefit of the doubt. And you blew it. You were that guy in a job interview that said, I want this. That's like me going into an interview, just like I described, wrinkled shirt, blazer over my shoulder, throw my feet up and say, I want to be on air right now. I want to go up to a New York office and I want to say, here's the, here's the tip, pal. I want to be on air. I don't want to be behind the camera. All right, thank you so much. Uh, we'll call you. That's exactly what they just did to you. The NFL basically looked at you and went 25 teams to 8 teams. Those 8 teams looked at you and said, eh, we'll call you. Because the problem is, Colin Kaepernick didn't do himself any favors. The NFL didn't do themselves any favors. The biggest losers in this whole thing is us. We're the ones that tweeted about it, talked about it, wasted four minutes of our life on SportsCenter, NFL Countdown, NFL Network, and we didn't care. We kept saying, oh, we don't care. We don't care. Yeah, we did. Because we all watched it. We all talked about it. Colin got exactly what he wanted. He wanted to be talked about again. The problem is, Kaepernick blew it. So did the NFL. And I know you're out there still with Cap. That's good for you. You guys believe in whatever you want. But, and also, one more thing, and I got one more thing on this right and wrong segment. I heard this laughable take today where it said, you either choose between being an activist or being an NFL quarterback. Let me break down something for you. Why can't you be both? Why can't you prioritize your time? Because you can. Malcolm Jenkins is an activist. But he is a starting safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what he's done since then? He has given back to the community. He has talked to the Philadelphia Police Department about better procedures. He has opened up a Malcolm Jenkins Foundation. He has created opportunity for people that don't get that chance to have a chance to go to college, get a degree, and get a great life. He donates during Thanksgiving. He takes time out of his day to create Thanksgiving donations for lower-income people. And I don't think we're ever going to see Colin Kaepernick play in the NFL ever again. All right, that's our right and wrong segment. If you have any comments, concerns, I know you're going to. Go to at Sports or tweet me at facebook.com slash both sides of the story. We talked this. We got nitty gritty with this. We got down to the point where nobody else is going to talk about it. Everybody's going to take a side. I didn't take a side. I took on both sides. I'm Jake Ronhold, and that was both sides of the story. And thank you for tuning in to the Turning Points Podcast. We'll be back later this week. Andy Herman of Packer Report will be joining us. Till next time, this is Jacob Ronhold saying thanks for listening to both sides of the story. 
and we'll see you next time on the Turning Points Podcast.